Sports Talk for Real Sports Fans. 1700, the champ. Welcome back. As we move into the final hour of the program, a busy Monday. We recap a whole bunch of stuff. Look ahead, uh, maybe a little bit. I do have to get your pick. After all, there's (laughs) wagering allowed on this game tonight where you make your plays. You had a good weekend. Oh, in our picks? Four and one? Yes. I lost my best bet, though. Utah yeah. State's quarterback's uh, season in any injury. I don't know what it was. You know, Utah does this seemingly every year. It was really good in October. Oh, Utah, not Utah State. Yes, yes. Really good in October, mm-hmm. and then November comes and they fall apart. You know what, Trent? Maybe we're looking, maybe we're burying the lead here. Oh? Because when we think back to one of the big talkers in the coach's hiring season last year, and Herm Edwards was tabbed to leave ESPN. Yep. And the nation laughed at ASU mm-hmm. and pointed fingers and said, What in the world are you thinking? Herm Edwards, who was last seen in a booth and was a failed NFL coach and had no experience recruiting for decades. What in the world are they thinking? Well, don't look now. And this is insane a lot. But aren't they, don't they control their destiny? They the do. Now, here, here's your up to minute Pac 12 South standings. Utah, USC, and Arizona. The audience has been on their edge of their seat waiting for us I, to get I have to it. this. Point. I have it. They're all four and three. Okay. Arizona State's three and three, but like you said, control their own destiny. And Colorado and UCLA still alive. No, Colorado's not. Are they really? At two and four, Trent, both teams still alive. circling the drain. I mean, you, you can point fingers at the Big Ten West and Northwestern, and all they have to do is win two out of their three <laughs> yeah, to get to, to the title game. But this it is, is nothing in yeah. comparison to the Pac-12 South. You have two. It, UCLA is two and seven, yeah, and still alive to get to the conference championship. That's game. nuts. Dreadful. That really is. But Herm Edwards, though, that's yes. a pretty good story. He's yes. writing out in uh, Tempe, and every one of their losses has been within a score. I think, in fact, all four of their losses, I think, they lost right? by seven, exactly wow. seven. So uh, they've been in every football game. Mm-hmm. And Eno Benjamin, former Iowa Hawkeye mm-hmm. commit. Mm-hmm. Boy, he's really good. Is he? You think that would have made a difference? Yeah, Tad. Because they have some nice running backs. Sargent's a nice player. They do. Kelly Martin went healthy. He's a nice player. Yeah. Torn Young's big. Yeah. Akram Wiley was better. You know, Benjamin's a star. Yeah, I think he could be. That's a good point, Trent. That's a very good point. I think Sargent's coming on. He's I, I fine. I liked him. I liked him. Boy, but, the, but that's what it is. These guys are all fine. They're fine. Yes. They don't. Yes. There's you know, Benjamin's more, more There's than one more fine. level there. Yeah. I agree with you. Good point. Um, what else from college football? This we're going to go around tomorrow with Bama Bob. Morso, right, as we missed today, just because there was so much to get to. Anything jump out for you? <sighs> Nebraska, Car- Kentucky, with so much to play for, yeah. and really just were outclassed. The Nebraska Ohio State, good one. Let's go there for a minute because Ohio State, their last two games, they got picked off by Purdue and were never in the football game. Trent, I watched a fair amount of Nebraska and Ohio State in the early window. Nebraska certainly wasn't embarrassed by no, any means. They were right there. They were right there. Is that more a reflection of Nebraska's making big strides or what's going on and there's something wrong with Ohio I State? I think it's both. I do. I mean, Adrian Martinez, Sip said this on Thursday last week, and I agree with him. I think if you were buying stock right now in Big Ten West quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you'd buy more Martinez stock than any of the others. Yes. Uh, he's, 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 I think he's going to be a difference maker. <laughs> now, you need more than just a quarterback. You've you got a quarterback, you've got a big head start. But you need more than that will, remains to be seen. But Ohio State, there's something wrong. You go back to the beginning of the season with the way it started. Um, 
Nick Bosa getting hurt. He was he's clearly, you know, he's the first overall pick in the draft. But there's there's more problems there than him just not being there. I think we're seeing the end of the Urban Meyer era. I think so, yeah. I, I think that's the direction we're heading. Because don't you think Michigan will beat the crap out of him in Columbus? Yes. Yes. That is a much much better football team. Mm-hmm. And I told you this earlier this season, I hate watching Dwayne Haskins play. The, the throws off the back foot mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. the sloppy mechanics. And that guy would drive me nuts. If that was my favorite team and having to watch him every week. Because he is incredibly talented. But he's so sloppy. Just a sloppy football player. Yeah. Uh, there's something wrong with Ohio State, certainly. Mm-hmm. But Nebraska's, they're making roads. And now, all of a sudden, you look at Black Friday. Mm. It's no sure thing. No, I'm yeah, where, Where's this Iowa team going to be mentally at that point? Well, I want to see where they're at on, on Saturday against Northwestern. Big because, favorite. You know, when that number came out, I think it was planned six days. Because he sits on it. He wants to be first to put that number out. Yeah. That's his thing. Um, I'm glad he does. Somebody's got to take that responsibility. I appreciate that he's uh, rose uh, his hand. Well, he put up his hand and he said, "I'll take it." Um, but well, I thought he made a mistake. Oh, you did? I did. I thought ten and a half. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't think Northwestern is gangbusters. I get the games at Kinnick Stadium. Mm-hmm. That seems like a whole lot of points to me. These two teams, not always, most times play each other very close. Usually, when Iowa gets them, though, they do get them pretty substantially. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Do, do you like do you like Iowa to get them substantially this week? No, I don't. No, you saw Illinois beat Minnesota. I mean, they crushed Minnesota. Somebody said, "Be careful there." Gophers off their Big Ten win, first Big Ten win. I like that one over the weekend. Did was, you have yeah, that one? <laughs> that was one of them. It was better than my lot tech call. Yeah, that was. And I told you, and I sent you a text Saturday morning. I found the money line. You were I was all, all excited. excited. Yep. Got it at fourteen and to I one. I sent you a text back and said, "Trent, the more you bet, the more you win." <laughs> Double fisted. <laughs> Ten bucks lost. Yeah, down the drain. Right down the drain. But it was fun for a moment until that one kicked off. It got out of hand early. Gambling's fun. Yeah, it is. It makes it, it really makes is. it more fun. That's why I like even our little contest. All right, so back to Iowa for a second. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, Illinois, and Nebraska. They should go three and zero. They should absolutely. I don't think they will. No. In fact, I won't be. I won't fall off my chair if Northwestern picks them off. You know, and I want to ask Scott Dockerman mentally, kind of where this team is. And and if it goes south, the fan base. I mean, you saw Twitter; mm. it was getting ugly mm-hmm. into the evening Saturday. I went to Cakert's board, the one I can see the the football board, the yes. non-pay board. That was bad. It is. Nate Stanley played better. It wasn't his fault this nope. week. No, no. This time it was the defense. Uh-huh. And I guess Wisconsin was the special teams. Mm-hmm. Riley Moss is taking a lot of arrows. Yeah, yeah. He's a true freshman back there. I he didn't you. play well. No, but he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't play well. He didn't play well. No, he didn't. didn't play well. No, nope. that was the first time you could say Brent's. I will didn't play say well. this about Brent's: he's your next yes. NFL. Oh, no doubt. Corner, yes, from Iowa. I mean, for the torch past King to Jackson, mm-hmm. and it's been passed now. Brent Brent's is going to play at the next level. Yeah, I, you can see that right away. Mm-hmm. That starting job is never going to be relinquished. No. They need Matt Hankins back. They yep. need Hankins, and back. and he's on the depth chart, by the way, this week. So I don't, know, I don't know what that means. We uh, do have to take a break. We'll get Dylan Monts in here, the Iowa State side of things next. Dylan writes for the Ames Tribune. He was in Lawrence. We'll get the latest from Dylan. Matt Campbell's press conference is over. I uh, wonder if anything came out of that. If indeed, we will find out on the other side of this. Scott Dockerman, bottom of the hour, Trent Condon and myself until 1. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 The Champ. Catch play-by-play coverage of select NCAA games right here on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 
Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. By the time that we got up there, his room was filled with smoke. The wind had blown and drifted the snow up against the side of my house, blocking the exhaust from my furnace. I heard the smoke alarm going off in my friend's apartment. Without the kid a smoke alarm, my son would not be here today. Had it not been for that carbon monoxide detector, they would come to school and not have their teacher there. I grabbed my fire extinguisher and put out the fire. Kinemix technology that saves lives. Get these essential products at Menards. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? 
you can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Rush Nigan with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at rushonbusiness.com where Rush Nigan can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC and Rush Nigan. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 The Champ. Hi, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent Condon and myself take you to 1 o'clock, bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman slides in from The Athletic. We will take a look at the Hawkeyes. Uh, Seeing some Twitter, Trent, that the Bears versus the Vikings has been flexed. Indeed, it has been. It's now official. The Bears versus the Vikings will now play on Sunday night of Thanksgiving weekend, 720 U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay. I don't know what was there to begin with. I don't know what they kicked out of there. But Bears-Vikings... That's Soldier Field, though. Because the last game of the year is up at U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh. Yeah, because I'm going to be at that one. Oh. Soldier Field. And it was uh, Steelers-Jags was currently scheduled. Well, that makes sense. So, well, hang on a second. Because now it's Green Bay and Minnesota on Thanksgiving weekend. When is the other Bears-Vikings game? Bears-Vikings, end of the season. Last week of the year. And that was not flexed. Not yet. Not yet. But that could be. When they're playing for the division title. So what week am I confusing with? So what week is this one that's going to be flexed? Week 11. Week 11. Gotcha. November 18th. So next week. Yes. Okay. Now I'm set. Pittsburgh Jags say goodbye. Yeah. So the Vikings will be in primetime back-to-back weeks. They will. Green Bay, Minnesota is Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, I got you. I got you. All right. Well, if um, you're not all really confused now. <laughs> Cross your T's, dot your I's, and we screw it all will, up. We uh, will completely uh, move on here. Let's segue to Dylan Montz. Uh, no confusion here. Iowa State's a good football team, a mm-hmm. damn good football team. Uh, let's get Dylan in here. He writes for the Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. He's a Bears fan, too, aren't you, Dylan? Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was news to me to hear about the flex because they have uh, the Lions coming up, too, the next three weeks, and the other one was the Vikings game. So that, that's it's, it's interesting, but makes sense that they would put that one on prime time. And the picture, I guess it's called an avatar, right, on your Twitter feed. You're proudly wearing yeah. your Chicago Blackhawks T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, in Chicago this summer and, and thought I'd, I'd wrap the Blackhawks while I was there, although they're not uh, doing very well to start this year. Well, uh, I think they're, they're better, but I think they're a long way to go. Well, anyways, let's get to what you, we bring you on here to do, and that's, you know, recap Iowa State and to take a look back and to take a look forward. Of course, you'll be with us Friday to get our last look at the team, but let me, um, I mean, anything come out of the Matt Campbell teleconference from earlier today that you listened in on? It, yeah, it, it wasn't as eventful as last week, which uh, for them is maybe a good thing. Uh, the only real uh, 
piece of news was that Daytron Young, who uh, won out in the second half with a shoulder injury, is going to be questionable for Baylor. Um, I, I think they're just kind of taking it uh, day by day with him a little bit. It, it looked like it was uh, not very good at first, uh, like uh, that potentially popped it out or broke a collarbone or something like that. It did, Matt Campbell didn't say uh, the nature of it, so I don't think it maybe is as severe as it looked, but um, uh, it's it's going to be kind of a day-to-day thing with him. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do if he can't go because he has been playing really well for them. Workmanlike effort against Kansas, but this is what you're supposed to do. You go on the road, you dominate it. Tell us about the environment, though. 15,000 people paid attendance, half of them Cyclone fans. Dylan, your, your uh, numbers are getting up there, number of games you've covered. You remember uh, an odd football game quite like this one? Yeah, I think uh, you could kind of get a sense of the atmosphere from up in the press box, but really once I went down to the field for maybe the last five minutes or so, um, it was pretty unbelievable to see the number of visiting fans in a stadium like that. Um, and it, it was it was stark. Uh, there were certainly pockets of Kansas fans, um, kind of maybe more underneath the press box, so the cameras don't really catch that as much. Um, so there's maybe more than it looked, but certainly the number of Iowa State fans outweighed um, the home crowd, which was um, – I'd, I'd never seen anything quite like that before, uh, a really big contingent. And um, toward the end when Iowa State made that last uh, goal line stand, they, they kind of trotted back toward the sideline, and um, the, the defense chants were, were pretty loud, pretty noticeable. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really uh, interesting, kind of odd environment, and, and certainly was a big talking point uh, among Kansas players uh, after the game. It seemed like a big uh, opportunity and, and a big goal late in that football game. That defense did not want to allow a touchdown, Dylan. Uh, a couple of goal line stands to really drive that game home. I thought that was huge. And you could tell that meant something to Haycox D. He wanted to uh, keep him out of the end zone. Yeah, uh, Matt Leo kind of said it after the game, too. It was, it was a pride thing for them. Um, you know, they had come that far, and the game wasn't really in hand. Um, it was in hand, so there wasn't necessarily – um, that at stake, but uh, there is kind of a, a thing. It's, it's you're, you're getting as close to a shutout as possible and just trying to keep them out of the end zone. And um, that was a pretty big play by Mike Rose, too, at the end where he tipped the ball, um, which negated the pass interference call um, that would have given Kansas a new set of first down, a new set of downs. So uh, really big plays from a lot of different um, people on that defense and, and them playing without any U.S. Um, I thought Matt Leo stepped up and did some really good things for him. And, and then certainly Ray Lima is, is a key piece in the middle, too. So really, um, like Trent mentioned, kind of a workmanlike effort from them and, yep. um, and a, a big day for them, too, just to kind of um, go in there and do what they need to do to win. Jayhawks with 19 yard pe- yards passing through three quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, tax them on there later on. But overall, the defensive backfield with Eisworth and PV and on and on and on. This group is playing at an incredibly high level and probably going to have to here. Now with Brewer on tap and then Texas after that, going to have to keep playing well out of that defensive backfield, Dylan. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what will be interesting to see if Daytron Young can can go or not or or how long he'll be out. But I think Anthony Johnson, uh, a true freshman, has come in and done really nice things. But having the stability of a guy like Brian Peavy is huge. I was talking to some other people after the game and even today, um, just kind of, uh, he, he's had a quiet year for only the fact that he doesn't really get targeted much, um, but he got thrown out a little bit more against Kansas and he came up with some pretty, pretty big uh, breakups. And then the, the one catch he did allow, um, he strip fumbled uh, the guy and, and Jamal Johnson picked it up and had it going the other way. So I think um, he's, he's really kind of grown in that role. And then DeAndre Payne is obviously a guy that's been steady 
Um, Braxton Lewis uh, continues, I think, to be kind of a rock form back there, and Eisworth, as you mentioned, is, is huge too. So uh, really a lot of playmakers back there and guys you can count on, which is, like you mentioned, you're going to need here as you kind of go down the stretch. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune is our guest. Dylan, uh, you did a deep dive on uh, what it's going to take for Iowa State to get to the championship game. Obviously, they need to win the remaining Big 12 games, but then help us out after that because they do need things. They do need a couple of uh, games to go their way that they won't have a say in the outcome. So help us out. How does Iowa State get to Dallas to play at 11 o'clock on Saturday, December the 1st? The most clear way is, uh, as you mentioned, for them to win out, that has to happen. Um, you know, there, there's a scenario there where they could get there with three losses, but um, it's, it's really unlikely because you'd count on a bunch of other teams losing out. So the clearest way is for them to win out, and then Oklahoma would have to beat West Virginia in the season finale in Morgantown. Um, that would put West Virginia at 7-2 and two with Iowa State, um, and Iowa State would go to Arlington to play Oklahoma because of a head-to-head win uh, against the Mountaineers in the regular season. So that's, that's probably what you're looking at is the most clear way, um, and that's why people were kind of counting on maybe um, that happening in Austin uh, where Texas goes and beats West Virginia, then that kind of handles it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably um, what is most likely to happen, and that's assuming Oklahoma and West Virginia both win their next two games against some of the other. Um, I know uh, Oklahoma has to play Kansas and, and teams like that, so you're kind of assuming they'll go win those, and then um, you know it's going to come down to, to that last game in Morgantown potentially if Iowa State does um, kind of uh, run the table from here. Well, all the other Big 12 games the next week after the Baylor-Texas week, they're, they're waiting for their kick time. The Texas game has already been set. It's 7 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Dylan, great stuff. Good work on that deep dive. We will recap uh, the, what you learned during the week and preview the Baylor game with you on uh, Friday morning. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Dylan Montz. Ames Tribune, amestrib.com is where you can read Dylan now Travis Hines getting a whole lot busier again with basketball season. Yes, uh, We've got uh, some more business to attend to. We'll take care of this break. We'll come back with Scott Dockerman, The Athletic. Trent and I here until 1. Ken Miller Show, 1700 The Champ. ASU Coaches Game Day Show. Nothing but Cyclones. Four hours before select Iowa State football games on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. You ever wonder what you look like with a full, natural head of hair? We'll find out. Mr. Executive lets you try before you buy. Get real hair again and a lease with options. Mr. Executive offers a 90-day lease for just $200. At the end of 90 days, if you decide to keep your new hair, the initial investment goes toward the purchase price. Look, don't spend any more money on potions and lotions that don't work. Check the latest in hair replacement online at mrexecutive.com or call 274-4049. Mr. Executive, 70th and University in Windsor Heights. What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type. The type that will walk for life-changing research. And stop at nothing. Until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org. 
It's the ultimate shopping event at Macy's. Use your Macy's Carter Savings Pass and take an extra 10 to 30% off brands that rarely go on sale. Even an extra 15% off beauty. Coats for the fam, sharp suits for him and more, 40 to 50% off. Shoes and boots for her, 30% off. Bedding, 40 to 50% off. Now through November 6th at Macy's. Savings off sale prices, exclusions apply. Macy's Star Rewards now offers benefits everyone can enjoy no matter how you pay. Sign up for free in-store or at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. A garage door is the largest moving part in your entire house. So it's important to keep it working smoothly, especially as winter approaches. At Advanced Door Systems, we service all garage door brands, even if you do not purchase the door from us. Visit our website, ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com to learn more about us and the garage door and opener services we offer. Advanced Door Systems, the right door, the right way. Build your business. At Sinorama of Ribbondale, we offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. We have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Let us work with you to understand your unique marketing goals and help you reach them. Sinorama of Ribbondale, the way to grow your business. 3368 100th Street in Urbandale and online at sinorama.com slash ia dash Urbandale. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100 Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. Hi, I'm Janice Lane, CEO of Children and Families of Iowa. This year, Children and Families of Iowa is celebrating our 130th anniversary. Over the years, our mission has remained the same, to work collectively to restore hope, build futures, and change lives for children and families throughout Iowa. Visit us at CFIOWA.org. Thank you for helping us fulfill our mission. Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with the full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to CompleteAutoWraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with the print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at CompleteAutoWraps.com. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. You're invited to experience great customer service and incredible deals at Billion Buick GMC in Clive. Our reviews say it all. I didn't feel pressured. It was a very smooth process. Our salesman came in on his day off. Now that's going above and beyond. People also appreciate the huge inventory, including the incredible all-new 2019 GMC Sierra. You're invited to Billion Buick GMC in Clive or BillionAuto.com slash GMC. We are professional grade. Beep, beep, billion for all your auto needs. 
That's our final segment here as we take you up until 1 o'clock. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent Conant and myself, then Jimmy B and TC uh, follow us in here from 1 until 2. Thank you to Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune. Uh, right now, let's get to the athletic Scott Dockerman and Northwestern Iowa Week. We'll look at that. We will uh, take a look back at the Purdue game that got away from the Hawks and uh, find out you know what's left in this season. Uh, by all accounts, very disappointing. At least that's the... Uh, taking the pulse of the fan base of Hawkeye Nation, Trent Conan, a disappointed mm-hmm. group to say the least. Scott Dockerman was in West Lafayette uh, representing the Athletic. He joins us as we take a look back at that one. Doc, how are you? Trent and Ken. Hey, doing great, guys. How are you today? Doing fine. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, what might have been, Scott, you know, when you take a look at this season to this point, Really three, I don't want to call them benchmark games to get to here. Wisconsin for Don, for a spot at the top of the West, then Penn State with a lot to play for. And then, of course, back into the Big Ten West, a game at Purdue was still uh, pretty much controlling their own destiny and fell short on all three occasions. What does that say about this team, Doc? Uh, it, you know, it's really about unfilled expectations. And you look at, and, and maybe not from the outside, you know, initially, but I think most of the people who saw this team, you know, kind of form and saw the pluses that it had and, and of course, the schedule that it has, I think you look at it right now and you just think, you know, it had a real, a real opportunity to do something special and unique. They talked about it through most of the season. And uh, I still think they're a pretty good team, but, you know, ultimately they're going to fall short of whatever expectation or whatever uh, does, you know, hopes that they had, you know, to do something special and unique. I mean, you know, yeah, they can win out, but they'll only be nine and three. They're not going to go to Indy and, you know, they'll go to a nice bowl game. Maybe they win. Maybe they have a 10 win season, but you know, there's no ring attached. There's no trophy attached. And it's like, you know, what could have been. And, and there's really outside of the Iowa state game, which is looking better and better. I mean, there's really no signature type victory. So I think right now, you know, you're, you're, they're playing out the string for a nice year, but really it's it's a disappointment if you ask me. It really feels that way, Doc, and the disappointment, three different areas. You point to special teams, Wisconsin. You go to Penn State, it was the offense, and here it was the defense. It's just not one area that you can point at. They're close. What's it going to take to close the gap, to, to finish it off and become a good team for 2019? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's a really small detail, and that's probably the most difficult part is that they weren't necessarily flattened or beaten. You know, they lost some games last year where you knew they weren't the better team, even if it was a close score. That's not the case here. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, the Wisconsin game, a couple of special teams errors. Now, they gave up a, a long drive at the end of the game that really kind of sealed it, but still, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the small details there, you know, having somebody yell, get back, and, and whatever. And then, yeah, I mean, it was really the quarterback did not play well against Penn State. And in this case, um, you know, there was a kind of a combination of things. I would say pass defense early. Purdue's a good team, and, mm-hmm. and that's uh, something that people have to get their heads around, that Purdue is not the Purdue we saw two or three years ago. This is a different ball game. They, they beat the pants off of Ohio State, you know, a few weeks ago. So, uh, you know, you have to respect the opponent here. But, but that said, you know, there was, you know, that by the time Iowa got competitive in that game and, and took charge of it, it was, you know, they were at zero error zone, and, you know, a couple of plays went against them, you know, a couple of penalties went against them, and, and boom, there they are. So I don't know that it's anything that they have to do differently or better. It's just, you know, they're, they're just going to have to, you know, simply 
perform a little bit better in a couple of plays and, and turn it the other direction. I want to ask you about a line that you used, Doc, in your uh, recap piece uh, still uh, from West Lafayette. Uh, I think it was published on Saturday night. Um, it, it was a line that um, I'd never read anything like it before, and I wonder how long you've been saving it. Ference's Iowa football team went from a possible college football playoff dark horse to performing three days of pony rides at a small-town street festival. I thought that was terrific. <laughs> um, you've been saving that one for a while, my friend. That's very good. Well, it's just kind of... No, that one actually kind of came to me, but it was, you know, I just, I remember, it was kind of funny. I remember going to Cedar Rapids with my kids, going to the, uh, the Czech Festival a few years ago, and, and just seeing this small pony, you know, look kind of miserable, just riding in a circle with these kids. And I thought, that's kind of where Iowa is right now. I mean, you know, just two day, you know, two weeks ago, and, you know, up until the Penn State game, and even in halftime of the Penn State game, we're thinking, okay, this team's got a chance to, to get to Indy, probably play Michigan, maybe even sneak in. And, and now you're looking at it going, you know, this is, it, they probably won't end up in the Outback Bowl, but this is like the Outback Bowl season. And it's just, you're like, you know, why, why is it here? Why are they there? You know, this isn't really the type of year to have for this. And, and uh, I think, they, you know, now if they go off and finish strong, which they're capable of doing, you know, and certainly the, the, the schedule fits that way, you know, then, then you kind of find meaning in the season. But right now it, it's hard to do that when, you know, you've got three weeks left and here they are sitting there going, you know, it would take a miracle to get to Indianapolis and it's not, it's not worth wishing the karma to do it. <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's so many different directions. This team certainly still can go here if they do limp to the finish. You know, it's not very, it's either really good with Iowa football under Kirk Ferentz and double digit, digit win seasons or average in seven and five. If it does fall apart and they go seven and five, how loud is the grumbling going to get? Be it Kirk, you know, the end of the era. What, what's the offseason going to be like if they do stub their toe and they lose, say, to Northwestern and in Illinois or Nebraska to end the season? How bad do you think it'll get? I think it'll be palpable. I mean, you know, fans were starting to really buy in. And that's the one thing when you start to eliminate hope. You know, they could go one of two ways. They could either get angry or apathetic, and I think you want them to be angry versus apathetic because we saw that in 2014 after they lost all four trophy games. Mm -hmm. They finished seven and five. They had an opportunity actually to win that division that year, and they lost two really close games at the end. But, but the, you know, the, the culmination of it, a disappointing season really kind of, you know, gulfed the program. And I think right now they're kind of in that, that zone where they can go one of two different ways, and that is finish strong finish nine and three, go to a bowl game, have, you know, maybe play well, have success there. Or, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, what, what would the tone of the program be if, say, they lose to Northwestern at home and Northwestern celebrating with a, you know, North, with a West Division title? And then, you know, maybe you, you blow it at the end against Nebraska. You know, we, we saw this in 2010 when they lost to a 2-9 and nine Minnesota team uh, that was bad. It was a bad team, and yet they still found a way to lose. If that happens, then I think this offseason will be, you know, mixed with people giving up totally and people being very angry, and, and that's not what you want. And I think, you know, pretty much everything holds in the balance because this basketball team is probably not going to be uh, able to make people forget about football. So mm. it, it could be very dangerous. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be all kinds of big-picture discussions. You know, what what about Brian and, and replacing Kirk and all of that? and and uh, I think that's still premature. I'm in the minority on that one, but I don't really want it. I don't think it's the right time to talk about that. But I think right now 
you'd, you'd find a very disappointing fan base, disappointed fan base that's wondering, you know, why does this keep happening to us? Uh, a couple of things I want to bring up, Doc, uh, before we get, get out of here with you. Obviously, the officiating was a big uh, talking point immediately following the game, and, and to an extent, I think, yesterday uh, at some point. Um, that was, that uh, was one of them, and, and then, of course, the chasing points was the other. Let's do the chasing points first of all. And, Trent, you tweeted out very quickly right after that uh, you didn't like it. Um, you know, you got some pushback on that because in some people's mind, Ferentz can do no wrong. Right. You know you're going to get that uh, when you criticize I was head coach. Uh, it's just, Scott, I, I didn't like it at the time. I know it's easy to say that now. Uh, Nate Stanley rolled to his right. He could have caught, uh, could have had Brandon Smith. He just uh, made a bad pass. Admit it wasn't an easy pass pass he was rolling right and Smith was running the opposite direction it was kind of a you know second baseman uh, fielding a ball going toward the base and coming across back across his body to the first baseman type of throw not easy um but the just the you know the whole chasing point thing and as it turned out those two points were absolutely critical there's no question that Fant was held in the end zone when he was uh seemingly the target on the second two-point try but chasing points early, uh, how big of a talker was that in the post-game with Kirk Ferentz? You know, it was. It became kind of a major topic. I know a few people, former colleagues of mine, you know, Mike Loss really hammered that. I think the first one was a, was a mistake. I mean, I don't think you chase points in a contest where people are scoring as rapidly as in this game that you chase points in the third quarter when you feel like you're going to score and keep scoring. Uh, there's no need for it. You want to wait till the you know the fourth quarter. Now, if it was a situation where, uh, you know, say it was, uh, you know, you know, it's a 17 to 10 type of game, then that's understandable. If this is the only opportunity you have to score in a game, then then take advantage of it. You know, say you're down 17 to 12, you know, or something like that. But I thought it, early on it was the wrong call. Now the the uh, the second time was the right call because they'd blown it the first time, and mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know there were some, you know there were some calls that really hurt Iowa, and and I hate the blaming the official game. I just do not like it at all. But I actually had to go with it, you know, because I thought, you know, I want to see how bad these calls were, and 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 they had a major impact in the game. You know, the two the two point conversion, you know, fail. Noah Fant was flare-ugged in the end zone, and there was no call, and he. He said he talked to the official about it. The official didn't say anything and, or just said, I'll keep watching for it. Well, that's convenient, I suppose. And, uh, but then, you know, you look at the Keegan Render hole. Uh, you know, that was a tag team block. He, pushes the, he pancakes the guy. He does exactly what he's supposed to do. And then yet they end up calling, uh, you know, calling for a hold, and that's ridiculous. And then finally... The Julius Brent's one, I think, you know, you can interpret it either way. I thought it was a penalty, I, Doc. I thought it was a penalty all day long, and the field judge is right behind the receiver, who's number seven, and, of course, Brent's has his hand on him the entire trip through the end zone. His right hand is is locked onto the shoulder pad or the, uh, to the jersey of number seven. The official's right there. That's all he sees. I think you've got to throw the flag there. That one I can cut him some slack. The, reg- the, the render one was atrocious. And then picking up the, the horse collar, uh, the guy that tackled Sergeant Brent, him to the ground i mean and they discussed that one for crying out loud yeah exactly and, and that's that's part of the issue and i you know i'm sure iowa's going to get you know that customary yeah i think we screwed up on this one and but there's nothing you can do there's no re, you know they can't go okay now Iowa's going to fly to west lafayette and they're going to play from where it would have been second and eight versus first and 20 because i mean it just changes drives and uh you know because everything you know goes you know like a stair step you know in a game and 
and that would have changed the game, you know, at that point. So, you know, there's, you know, the Julius Brents one again, you know, I, I could see it either way. And, you know, the fact that the, the receiver kind of jumped into him, that he had his hand on Brents, sure, you know, you could call it pass interference. You could say, hey, the ball was overthrown in the back of the end zone. You know, let's move on. You know, two people fighting, whatever. But, you know, I, I thought the Keegan Render one, and that's my problem with holding is, you know, either it's got to be obvious or don't call it. You know, there's too much subjectivity when you have it, especially at that point in the game. So I think that really affected Iowa, um, you know, but there was so much else to that game that I think cost them, you know, the, the way they, they played pass defense in the first half, the fact they couldn't get to David Blau, you know, that, that uh, Purdue seemed to have a great game plan for Iowa's defense. Um, I just think, uh, you know, there's a lot there, and, and Iowa's got to do a little bit of soul-searching here. Now, that said, this week when they play Northwestern, every statistic comes out in favor of Iowa. I mean, you know, Northwestern is not, you know, statistically you're looking at them going, how are they even in the West Division race, let alone leading it? But, you know, they've done a good job. They, they're a tough team, and, and uh, Iowa's, what, a ten, started out as a 10-point favorite, so... I, you know, it's 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 going to be fascinating to see how the season materializes because if it goes in a non-favorable direction, uh, we're going to have a long off-season of a lot of discussions with this program. Future of Amari Hooker is it as an outside linebacker? Are they going to go not exclusively, but pretty close to it to that kind of scheme after the graduation of Gervais? Is it him and Stone back to the safety position? What do you think going forward is going to be the role for Amari Hooker? I think at the next level, I think it's that of a safety, you know. But, you know, again, it's a sub-package league. You know, there's 70% of plays are played with nickel and beyond. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of like that of Desmond King, who's kind of a, a hybrid. He's not a pure corner. He's not a pure safety. He's not a linebacker, certainly. But he plays kind of all those positions. I think that's what Imani Hooker is going to play at the next level. I think Iowa is, is wise, you know, is wised up. To, that's the, kind of the future of playing college football is to have that hybrid player at outside linebacker, and, and Hamani Hooker plays that role, you know, I, I think at an all-Big Ten level. I think beyond that, you might see somebody like Geno Stone carry on that role. Uh, maybe Kayvon Merriweather, you know, have kind of a, you know, Christian Kirksey was the rare blend of being able to play everything in the back seven a few years ago, and, there, and Ben Neiman did a nice job of it too, but, I, you know, I think the future is kind of going to five defensive backs and kind of having a bigger bigger player play that role from here on out so he was he was terrific the other day i think he's uh, an all big 10 caliber safety and and uh you know i think he's going to be a, a you know a, a real one of the better players in the country at that position come next year but i think you can still call him a defensive back but playing that outside linebacker has been he's been really good at it obviously one of the things that phil parker's defense wanted to do was to limit rondell moore who's such a weapon and he was hurt all week doc and i don't know what percentage of health wise he played at he played so we're going to assume he was close to being himself uh they did a nice job and i'm really the only uh, time the game got away with him as far as him making an impact was uh on the punt uh, late in the game rastetter's punt that went right to rastetter didn't have his best day he's had some good days uh, so far this year with that rugby style punt that he's been fortunate enough to get that role uh, and that unreturned role at the end of that. But that one punt, he'd like to have that one back. But other than that, the biggest weapon on Purdue really had a very quiet day. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's somebody they were cognizant about. They couldn't necessarily double him. But in, in Iowa's zone coverage, they certainly found him. And that was a good, that was, that was smart for Iowa. The problem was that sometimes it left uh, perimeter receivers in one-on-one coverage and 
you know, I think you've got to give respect to David Blau. I mean, I didn't think his arm was, was capable of hitting some of the passes that he did, uh, but he certainly did and, and had, played in a big way. And I, I think right off the bat, you know, that Terry Wright pass, 82 yards in the yeah. second half, really was a crusher. So, uh, you know, as well as Iowa played against, uh, you know, Rondale Moore, you know, lining up, you know, true freshman corners, uh, you know, they're going to be terrific players. I think Julius Brent is already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they certainly had a rough day on Saturday. Doc, final thing for you. Uh, you mentioned earlier you don't think the basketball team's really going to maybe cure the ills of the Hawkeye fandom out there this winter. I know you're doing a lot more on football. I'm, I'm disappointed as much as I, I enjoy your football coverage. I love your basketball coverage, so hope you're able to make it to Carver here with The Athletic. But give us an overview. What, what are your expectations for this team? I, I, one of the more difficult teams to get a read on that I can remember in a long time. You know, I, I think they're capable of having a much better team than they did last year. It's just, you know, can they improve in some core areas? I mean, to me, there's, there's three areas that have kind of haunted – uh, you know, certainly haunted the team last year and, and going forward. And one is defense. We all know that. They know that. So can they, you know, defend, uh, you know, the dribble drive? And, and if they can they trust one another that, you know, can they help the helper and all that other basketball uh, rhetoric? You know, can they do that effectively? Two, you know, last year they did not take care of the basketball at all. And, and Jordan Bohannon was great. Everybody else was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, can they, can they uh, pass to the, to the uh, perimeter and, and both people, you know, uh, some of the forwards handled the ball better. Uh, they did that successfully when they had guys like Jared Utah, and, you know, they were leading the Big Ten in, in assisted turnover ratio. Last year they are one of the worst teams. And then three, and this, is, this goes back a long, long ways, is can they, can they effectively shoot, uh, you know, in, in clutch situations? And, and they haven't done that. They haven't done that really in the Fran era. They've missed a lot of key shots and key moments. Um, that one's going to come down to feel and, and who takes those shots. And, and I think that's going to be the determining factor. I think they're, you know, they've got 20 games now in the Big Ten. I think there's about a two- to three-week period in, in late November, early December that's going to determine the direction of this team. Uh, but if they, you know, if they can get to wins in the Big Ten, then I think that it, it's got a chance to be a successful season. But if not, uh, I think it's going to be determined on how do they handle late-game situations uh, whether it's calling timeouts, setting up plays, uh, or uh, you know just making those shots, and and Iowa again hasn't been real successful at it uh, in the Fran McCaffrey era, but I think that's going to be crucial as to whether or not they're uh, a bubble team or you know uh, just an NIT team. I think they'll have a winning record, but I'm I'm, I'm not sure. You know, somewhere between 17 and 21 wins, and uh, you know that's that's going to be the difference. But I think there's going to be a lot of angst about this program. And this team, you know, kind of like it always is, except this one, I'm not sure if they can, you know, get to the tournament and make everybody forget about football disappointments if football team falls apart. Uh, Doc, uh, Northwestern Iowa this week, what uh, can we expect to read at The Athletic? What are you working on, Doc? Give us a little tease. Yeah, I'm, I'm working about on, uh, you know, the, the 1995 uh, Iowa-Northwestern game. I mean, that, that really set the stage and. the you know, for how Northwestern got over the hump as a program, but also how it reshaped this rivalry. And, and they know there's some myths associated with uh, the Iowa-Northwestern game in 95, whether or not, uh, you know, this is the reason why Pat Fitzgerald hates Iowa, or, you know, or is that just a myth? And, and I think there's some really interesting background associated with that, certainly from Gary Barnett and Pat Fitzgerald himself. So 
I'm working on that for Thursday. I think this this is uh, it's been fun so far. Uh, looking back at the rhetoric and and then also it's kind of springing it forward and how it's it's become a, a major rivalry. No matter you know whether or not there's a trophy attached. Indeed, there is. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Doc. We will look forward to that. Uh, we uh, will look forward to speaking with you next Monday. We'll recap the Northwestern game. I see the Illinois game. They're going to seven, our six day hold as far as when the kickoff is going to be. But there'll be no primetime games in the Big Ten that night. That smells like a. BTN Plus or BTN 2 to me at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, but we shall see. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, Appreciate it. You. Scott writes for the Athletics. Trent and I, not paid endorsers by any means. We are believers in, yes. this, uh, in this website, and they're doing a great job, and they continue to bring more and more talent on, and I'm with you. Um, I had kind of hoped that that question about uh, leading Doc to the basketball coverage mm-hmm. at the Athletic would have led to a, uh, an announcement. Right. Oh, guys, by the way, yeah, I'm going to be doing that on a, uh, all season long following the Hawkeye program. Um, I hope he does. Yes. As you, as, as you said, and I agree with you, uh, Doc is a terrific college football writer. I think his strong suit is college hoops. Yes. He's excellent. He, uh, he'll ask Fran the tough questions. Miss him on the beat yeah, if he's I not there. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Um Tonight, Monday night three football. and four versus. By the way, yeah. T- turn the clock forward seven days. Did you see we would get fed next week? 49ers are in action again, aren't they? You know they're playing next I, week. You don't. The worst team in football, the New York Football Giants, one and seven versus one and eight. No, one and seven versus two and seven next week. Well, we'll have college basketball at that time. Thank. Goodness. I was going to say that, but Trent, I just can't. You know I'm a football guy. Ah, you got problems. I do. <laughs> I do. Well, hey, we but, get a good Thursday game this week, though. We do. Pittsburgh and Carolina. Yes. At, uh, at uh, Pittsburgh. That's a dinger. That's... I, haven't, I haven't ripped up that futures ticket on the NFC South with my Panthers yet either. Well, plus 375. Remember last week when we were searching for that big yeah. price? I had them at 30 to 1. Yes. Um, they shouldn't have been 30 to 1. Do you have an opinion tonight? Not really. I don't either. I, I guess I, I'll probably end up grabbing the points, but it's... What is it, four and a half, five? Five is what I saw this morning when I was first taking a look. It's just not a strong conviction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm kind of rooting for Amari, Amari Cooper. Are you? Why? I, I, I don't know why. Just rub Gruden's nose in it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, boy, there. that's a bad, that's a bad, bad program. Just, I loved watching him in college so much. Did you? He was so good. Yeah. Yeah, they've. Uh, he wasn't alone. That school's got a lot of those guys. Yes, they do. That game on Saturday, we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. My good God, I mean, they never gave LSU a chance. That that building, you know, Dave Zawalinski. Did yeah. you ever meet Zawalinski? Never did, but yeah, good know who guy. He is. Good guy, and he's doing mornings. He's uh, he was the uh, sports director. Followed John Walters at Channel Five. Uh, went to Drake. Real good guy. Grew up. I, I think he, I don't know where he grew up. Texas, I want to say, but he was actually in the building. Oh, nice. It was a it was a bucket list for him. In fact, he posted a picture on the game day set. I guess he was up there early in the morning, mm-hmm. and they allow some of the credentialed people or an opportunity to go take have your picture taken on the game day set. He did that, but he scratched something off his bucket list. Baton Rouge that that stadium was just absolutely bonkers, and Alabama just took it to him. Quinnen Williams, isn't he something? What did they, what did they, what did Danielson describe him as? Three hundred pounds of wet soap. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what he. That's exactly how he described him. And and he he was so good. I know it. Else you can do anything. No, you know what? Funny you brought him up. I was you know in misery and commiserating about my god awful NFL team Ooh, that yeah. I root for, and now it's all about the draft pick. Had a field goal. 
Yeah, they had a chance. And you know what? I was hoping they would miss because it's all about the draft point pick at this point. I've been and there many well, years. Yeah, I know you have as a Bears <laughs> fan. Now, conversely, I've been very fortunate for the last you know, three Super Bowls since I've been on the air for my squad. But Williams was the guy that popped into my head, miss, 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 mm-hmm. because he's probably five or six. That is the guy. Put him in the middle of any defensive yes. line. With uh, Bradley Chubb, who's emerging and is going to be mm-hmm. a major pain in the you-know-what. Well, they got a sand on the ground now, right? They do. Yeah, yeah, they do. He's got eight sacks. That's good. That's really good. He's he might be defensive mm, rookie defensive player of the year, maybe. I guess got a chance. Anyways, enough about that. So mm-hmm. uh, you'll take the points. Is where you're going to leave it? Yeah, I think so. That's that's what I'm looking at. But like I said, it's just. Kind of a blah game. Yeah, well, we got basketball tomorrow. and two cl- just classic. We'll do more about that tomorrow. All right, you and Jimmy B have what coming up next? Uh, coming up next, we'll be talking a lot more NFL. We got Ryan Van Bibber stopping by. We'll talk with him, get his perspective on what we saw in the NFL, a deep dive into things from one until two. And then on your drive, Zubin Mahente will be here early this week. Mm-hmm. He'll be stopping by as I'll be out Thursday we'll and Friday, or Wednesday stuff. and Thursday. Save some stuff because we get him tomorrow. I will. I- I'll leave it. I'll rely on good Wolf. stuff. Save the good stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'll save the good stuff for us tomorrow. And uh, that'll be coming up, plus a couple others in the works as we take you home from 4 until 6. All of our guests appear on the Dr. Stephen Fuller Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Couple of locations, 2822 East 29th Street, Des Moines, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Doc Fuller and his family, one of the many Hawkeye fans in West Lafayette. That had to be an awful drive home. Uh, Jimmy B and TC coming up next. Trent and I are back tomorrow at 1. Thank you for being here with us. It's the Ken Miller Show every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on 1700 The Champ. Hey, it's Taz. And I'm the Moose. Join us for our brand new morning show every weekday morning, Taz. That's right, from 5 to 8 a.m. on 1700 The Champ. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction project, Wolf Construction can handle the job. Call Wolf Construction at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. We're a roofing machine. Thinking about selling your home soon? Listen up, as this will save you big money. Charterhouse Real Estate is a full-service real estate firm that has eliminated the typical 6 or 7% commission structure that you are used to. We charge sellers $24.95 plus 3%. We know, math stinks, so think about it like this. If you were selling a $200,000 house, you would save roughly $3,500 with us versus a 6% commission. If your home is $400,000, the savings would be $9,500. The best part, you get the savings while still getting all the service. Professional photography, a short three-month contract, social media marketing, sign-in lockbox, all major real estate websites, and of course, your home will be on the MLS as well. Get it all and save money. We like the sound of that. Learn more at charterhouseiowa.com or search for us on Google. And while you're there, make sure to check out our hundreds of five-star reviews. That's charterhouseiowa.com. Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Rush Niggin with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at rushonbusiness.com where Rush Niggin 
can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC and Rush Nigget. 1700 AM KBGG is your home for high school football. Join me, Trent Condon, each Friday night for the Central Iowa Game of the Week. High School Football on 1700 is presented by Absolute Auto Repair, Right Roofing, Heartland Flags, Charterhouse Real Estate, The Rookie Sports Cards, Sinorama of Urbandale, Mike's Auto Service, Rush Nigget of Brick Gentry Law PC, Complete Auto Wraps, Champions Recovery Room, and Advanced Door Systems. High School Football on 1700. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. Get the ultimate Black Friday deals at JCPenney. Hurry in now and save up to 40% on select major appliances. Like an LG three-door French door refrigerator on sale for only $9.95. Save $704. Plus, get 18 or 30-month special financing with your JCPenney credit card through 1121. JCPenney, style and value for all. Event is valid 1031 through 1129. Refrigerator LFCS 22520S. Conditions and exclusions apply. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. Must request a time of purchase. See store or jcp.com slash appliances for details. Walk to prevent suicide. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and participate in an out-of-the-darkness community walk. Register for a walk near you at outofthedarkness.org. Suicide takes an enormous toll on families, friends, co-workers, and entire communities. Walk to raise awareness. Walk to raise funds for research, education, advocacy, and programs to support people impacted by suicide. Walk to... 1700, the champ. 